everybody welcome once again to another edition of the podcast mike claiborne here my special guest today the winningest coach in the state of missouri when it comes to basketball on the girls side or period in my opinion the best coach we've ever seen he's the athletic director and also the head coach at incarnate word academy in st louis missouri number 10 ranked in the country as we speak it's great to visit with my good buddy dan rolfus coach you know what you don't look any younger from the first day i saw you <laughs> What what are you drinking? All. These gray hairs keep popping up. These girls, uh, uh, but but thanks. I'll take that as a compliment. You know what? And I, I said this, and I mean it. You know, because we we talk about great coaches in in the state of Missouri. We always go to the guys, and I get it. But what you and your staffs, and you've had many assistants that have worked for you. Uh, what you guys have done as far as creating a run is unparalleled at any level. And for our viewers who haven't had a chance to experience what Incarnate Word is all about, um, you've had you've never had a losing season. You've had uh, an 87 percent winning percentage. You've been there 22 years and haven't lost 100 games yet. Uh, so how many state championships have come with that? Uh, Ten. Ten. So every basically every other year you're winning somebody's state championship. You're in the midst of an incredible run now that goes back to last year. And I was wondering, when you won that state championship last year and you looked around and said, you know, I got all these kids coming back, that doesn't happen a great deal in high school sports or in college sports. What was going through your mind at that point when you realized we not only won, we have a chance to even be better next year because I get them all back together? Oh, yeah, um, for sure. I mean, you never try to look too far uh, ahead. But, you know, when we won last year, um, it was it, it it was almost like we won for two years in a row mm -hmm. because the previous year we had gotten um, to this to the state finals and um, and we and we really had the same kids. Um, we, we lost my daughter who, you know, played a lot, but we had all of our starters coming back from that. 2020 team so when we won in 21 it was almost like we felt like we won for two years um but then you know after you get done and you realize okay um you know we got everybody coming back um you know we could do this again um and we picked up some pretty nice freshmen um who are are, are playing now um you know it's it, it's exciting and um, you never take things for granted and I'll never take things for granted, but, um, but it, it sure makes the heading into the season fun. Incarnate Word Academy, a small all girls school in North County in St. Louis. Uh, and I call it the basketball factory. I mean, anybody who's any good goes there, but I look at what you've done at that program and I see girls basketball spreading out around the area. Uh, where we're seeing a lot of other programs that are starting to have some consistency. Um, when did you get the coaching bug? I'm going to come back to that, but when did you get the coaching bug? Because you're a young guy and you've been at this for a while. I know how young I am, but, um, but, you know, it's kind of crazy. Uh, you know, back in the day, you know, I played sports in high school. We, you know, we played back then you played everything. We played football, you played basketball, baseball. Um, and I'm always super competitive. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, my dad coached all of us in sports. Um, and, uh, when, when I was in college, I went back to coach, I went to, uh, Aquinas and I went back to coach some sports there. And, um, 
and I had this girlfriend who is now my wife, um, had this little sister who came home crying one day, uh, upset about her CYC basketball coach. And I'm like, you know what? I'll coach it, whatever. So I took a, took a bunch of girls from CYC, went down, played at Matthew Dickey. Um, and then we were really good. And then just kind of coached them through college or through while I was in college. And, uh, once I got out of college, got, uh, got a high school job at Rosary high school, which doesn't exist anymore. Um, went there for a couple of years, had a lot of success, um, had the opportunity to go to St. Louis university and coach there with the women's team there. And, um, went there and learned a ton, uh, you know, just not only about basketball, but, you know, scouting and preparing for games and, you know, how the college game works. Um, so then, you know, started having kids and realized that I didn't want to be on the road, you know, five nights a week recruiting. Back then there was no recruiting rules. We'd be out, you know, oh, I'd drive yeah. Chicago and uh, watch a game and be back for practice at 630 in the morning. Um, and that was, you know, a couple nights a week. Um, so landed this job here at Incarnate and they, you know, they had some success, uh, you know, at, at that point. Um, but been here ever since. You know, I mentioned the fact that you 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 won ten times, and I'm not going to ask you who your favorite player, the coach was, or your favorite team, but um, internally, how often internally do you think about the past and find similarities in some of the kids and some of the teams you've coached that may be memorable in the back of your head that you look at now and you try and make comparisons to, and maybe try and apply a tactic that you used then, see if it'll work with this group of kids. Yeah, you know, it's so funny because everybody that graduates and wins the state championship, they think their team is the best ever at Incarnate Word. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's just so funny. I, I had two alum come uh, the other night to a game, and uh, we were the best, weren't we? we weren't we the best? Oh, and, yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, right. Yes, yes, you are. <laughs> um, uh, but, I, you know, what I, what I really love is the fact that the players who graduate and play at Incarnate feel vested in what we are doing now. Um, they they take pride in um, in our success and feel like they have a part, and they do. Um, you know, success breeds success, and um, and you know these uh, alum, you know, look at it and uh, and they're like, well, the reason you're sponsored by Nike now is because we got you there. And, you know, that, that sort of mentality, um, which, which I really, really love. And, and all the, the graduates feel like I'm getting soft on our players, but you ask our players now, they probably think I'm, you know, they think I'm crazy. So, um, so I think you're somewhere in between. Probably. Yeah. I'm living and learning. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely a different day and age of coaching. Um, you know, I know when I got here, uh, we didn't have a ton of talent. Um, we had good, good players, not great players, but I mean, it was three hour practice, six days a week. I mean, we were grinding and grinding and grinding. Um, and then, you know, I've, I've learned that sometimes maybe that's not the best, um, you know, and, you know, pick my, pick my battles and, um, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm learning too. And, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with high school girls and, you know, I'm as much psychologist as I am coach. I'm sure. You know, and that that's something 
uh, when you talk about high school girls and, and, and it applies to boys too, but you being of the opposite sex, you have to be able to be a good listener. I'm sure. And, and, but just like boys, you got to pat them on the back. You got to kick them in the butt sometimes in order to get their attention. But for you, you kind of everything to these kids. I mean, I know how much these kids love you as a coach and what you meant to them off the court, but how much has it changed for you as far as your approach? I mean, as you said, you know, some people might think you, you're going nuts, but you have to have your finger on the pulse of these kids because it's a different kid. It starts at home. Uh, they, they're souped up. Everybody who comes in, Carter, thinks they, they deserve a scholarship for the next level. May not always work that way. So for you, you got to be the voice of reason, but yet and still try and maximize the opportunity. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, for, for starters, I feel like everything is about relationships and mm -hmm. Um, for me to be able to, to holler at them and get on them and demand the best, they got to know that I love them, care about them and want the best for them. If they don't feel that way, then, then me holler at them is not going to do any good. Um, and so, you know, I, I feel like I treat all of our girls like I would my daughter and I, I look at them that way. Um, I want them to succeed and I want them to be, um, you know, the best that they could possibly be. But sometimes, you know, you got to ground your daughter and you got to, you got to let them know, uh, you know, you know, the right way to do things. And there's some other ways to, you know, to approach things. So, um, and at, at the end of the day, you know, we want to win a lot of games and we want to do things, uh, the right way. But at the end of the day, I want to have that relationship with them, 10 years down the road, I want them to be able to bring their, their daughters back and say, Hey, this is where I played in high school. And this is coach office and um, still have a good relationship with them. I, I do. I, I really want that. That means a lot to me. And um, you, you've even had players come back and coach with you. Which, yeah, for sure. I think is cool. um, multiple players. And I, I, there's nobody better. No one knows, um, you know, what I want and the demands and, um, or and is invested in, incarnate than our former players. So I love that they want to come back and, and, and coach. Um, and then, you know, in what you alluded to earlier is the fact that, you know, we do get a lot of very good players with a lot of high expectations. Um, and some of them can go to other places and start as a freshman and be the leading scorer. And so they give that up when they come here a little bit. Um, are they going to be good players? Yes. We'll, um, you know, are they going to be that leading scorer and starter right off the bat? Maybe not. Um, but I think they come here knowing that, um, you know, every day they're going to be challenged and they're going to be playing against, you know, some of the best players, uh, in the state and in the country. And, you know, we kind of live by the motto iron sharpens iron. And, um, you know, a lot of times our practices are more difficult than the games, um, so, you know, I'm lucky that I get players that buy into that. Um, and, and if they don't, you know, it's, it's going to, they'll struggle. You know, um, I'm glad you brought up the fact that, um, scoring, because I, I watch your box scores wherever I'm at always. And, and you guys have really destroyed some teams this year and I look at the box score and nobody's having like a 35 point night. It seems like there's so much balance. Uh, and, and I see that you guys still play as hard as anyone defensively. 
Uh, and I guess when kids see the end result of winning, they put all the other individual stats behind them. And then you have to deal with their parents because the parents always want them to shoot. They always want them to have the ball. But these kids, it seems like they play for each other. And if you score 12 tonight and I score five, who cares? We win the game. And it just seems like once you have that concept built in and other kids have seen it because you haven't had many kids who would just come out and leave the area and score or anything along that line. But it seems like when other kids see, hey, this is how it works and this is how they win all the time, th that's got to be a great tool for you to attract kids and get other kids who may have been individuals somewhere else to, to buy into the team concept. Yeah, for sure. Um, and we're not built like that. Um, we're not built to have one player, um, you know. You've had a few, but not, not recently. Yeah, you know, you have Nafisa and you have a couple of those are, you know, once-in-a-lifetime kids that that do. Um, but, um, you know, even when Nafisa's playing, you know, she's around four other Division One kids, so um, <laughs> which makes me look really good. <laughs> um, but um, – but yeah, you know, I'm lucky I've been here and, you know, we've already kind of covered that for 22 years. And um, I think people know what they're getting into when they, what they come in to incarnate and um, they know that, you know, we're going to prepare them to get to the next level. Um, and I've never had a college coach say, well, she's not scoring enough points. Um you know, here at Incarnate, the, the college coaches feel like they're getting prepared. Um, you know, I feel like we do a really good job of game preparation. You know, our kids are watching film and we're we have I feel like we always have a great scout on our opponents. Um, and, and those are some intangibles that a lot of people don't think about when they're going to college and what makes a college athlete successful. Um, it's a lot of those little things that, you know, time management you know, being able to read a scout, knowing um, how to guard a person. Um, so, you know, I feel like they get that here, and I think that's a big reason for our success. We're going to take a break. Dan Roth is the head coach at Incarnate Word Academy is our guest back after this. St. Louis Acura was the number one Acura dealer in Missouri in 2021, and we were the 17th in the nation for Acura sales volume. We sell over 100 pre-owned vehicles monthly, and we service all of the makes and models that we sell. We are waiting for verification of our 30th Acura Precision Team Award, the only dealer in the nation with so many awards for customer satisfaction and dealership performance. We have 300 pre-owned vehicles in stock right now. St. Louis Acura, better than ever for you. Dan Rolfes is our guest, and, and Dan, um, I mentioned earlier, you guys are having it your way this year when it comes to scoring. And, and I know you're not a guy that, that wants to run it up on anybody. It just happens that way. But having said that, I've mentioned something earlier to you about how we've, we're seeing more programs starting to develop. Give me some schools that since you've been coaching that you really start to see them grow their program where they're getting better players and, and they're taking advantage of the coaching has become a little bit more consistent. What, what programs in the area have really started to catch your eye as far as competitiveness? Um, you know, over in Edwardsville, Illinois, um, they've always got um, a, a really, really well coached team and, and good players. I mean, this year they've they've got three Division One players. Um, you know, Whitfield has done a good job of of getting some kids in there and and winning and being successful. Um, there, you know, year in year out, 
um, there's always different people. Yeah. You know, the middle of the state Rockbridge is always good. They were, um, they were ranked in the, uh, top 25 uh, until this past weekend, they lost to a Webster team who um, probably has one of the most underrated kids around. Um, and Eliza Moppin um, doesn't play, you know, any select ball, but you know, she's crazy athletic, um, you know, six, two wing player um, who's going to K state. Um, but they've, they've got a really nice team and we played them in the state championship last year. So um you know, I would look for some things for them this year. Um, Jay Blossom, Jay Blossom, the old, the, the, the guy's coach is helping out with them. So he's got them all fired up and playing a lot of good defense. So, yeah, well, you know, and that's a, the other thing I'm, I'm seeing some coaches that are now starting to develop uh, locally and, and creating that consistency because it's really hard at this level to develop kids. Uh, you mentioned select that, that seems to be the way to go where kids, by the time they hit the door as a freshman, they can at least dribble with their left hand. They can do some things that they normally wouldn't be able to do. How much of an impact has that had on high school sports? And and some people think it's good. I've always appreciated how you did it, where you didn't just go out and load up with the best kids in the area. You basically would take your team and, and participate in a lot of those tournaments. And you didn't have to travel all over the world. And parents wouldn't have to spend thousands and thousands of dollars. You You kept it simple. And I think you guys have been rewarded with that concept. Yeah. Um, you know, for us, we, you know, we've, I, I love the fact that, you know, we get some time during the summer to, to play. And um, during that time, it, it gives me a great opportunity um, to, to see, you know, what these kids can do. Um, you know, these up and comers, you know, maybe the freshmen, sophomores, what they can do, you know, after a couple of the seniors graduate. Um, so I, I do love the fact that, that, um, that we get that opportunity. And even during the summer, we want to play the best. I mean, how are you going to find out what the heck your kids can do or you can do if you're not playing the best? So, um, you know, I would rather play a quote unquote select team with our incarnate team during the summer. Um, even if they kick our tails, you know, you don't, you don't find out what you can do in, until you're challenged. And we kind of develop our regular schedule like that as well. Uh, yeah, it's, it's you guys go out. You don't look for the little sisters of the poor. You have that national schedule, and you'll go find a good team. And I'm sure for you, you say this is going to prepare us to win the state championship because we'll weather the storm against a really good team somewhere along the way. Yeah, I mean, we don't want the very first time we're being challenged and, and you know finding some adversity that at the at the state tournament. I'd rather figure <laughs> that out before. Um, and even even traveling has its benefits. You know, the, the the state tournament's not in St. Louis, so we're gonna have to stay in hotel, and we're gonna have to learn to shoot around and at other gyms and watch film in you know uh, a hotel room. So there's a lot to be said about traveling and the kids figuring it out, and um, and the kids not realizing, hey, we're not on like a little mini vacation and going to swim at the hotel pool we're here to win a state championship you know um so they figure they figure that out when we when we travel you know during the season and um you know so when we get to the state tournament it's kind of like okay we've been there we've done that and uh you know throughout the season i feel like this the, you know the season's to prepare you to try and win a state championship and if we cover everything we can cover you know hopefully we're successful uh you know at the end of march Hey, is coaching harder now uh, than maybe when you first started? And the reason why I ask that question is there, there's so much 
outside noise that kids deal with, whether it's social media, parents, relatives, friends who are all in their ears. And some of them can 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 compartmentalize it. And others will bring it to practice or bring it to a game. So for you, how much have you seen that change and what's been your approach and how you try and keep that thing under control? It, it really, I mean, social media has added a whole different level to, um, to, to coaching and managing uh, teams. So, you know, you have all these rankings, you know, this player's ranked this in the country and this here and, you know, all these different outlets that, you know, they're trying to get hits and trying to get um, their name out there. Um, so it, it is, it's, it's, it definitely has its challenges um, because, you know, there's been times where, you know, we'll have, you know, a player, Hey, I'm ranked such and such in the country and, or in the state or in St. Louis, but, you know, I can't get more than this amount of playing time. And, um, and I have this conversation every year and I have it with our parent meeting. Um, you know, for me, I, I don't care what you're ranked. Um, I see it every day in practice. Mm. Uh, and it, to me, that's not going to affect one thing of how your playing time or how I treat you. Um, I, I, I base it on practice and what you can, what I see in games and, um, but it, it, it definitely ha- has had its challenges when, um, <laughs> you know, when this person's ranked this and well, how come this person's, why are you ranked ahead of me and this and that? So, um, you know, I realized the, um, the point of it and I realized that's, uh, you know, a way for college coaches to kind of develop a database and, um, and I, I, I do think feel like college coaches do put some stock in that and do, uh, you know, look at players, Twitter and Instagram and that sort of thing uh, for information, Um, you know, but, but for me, it's a, what I see every day. Hey, for you, and I don't know if you can even do this anymore. I'm sure when you were coming up as a player, when a coach wanted to get the team's attention, maybe we may not have a ball for practice today. Maybe we just ought to run for a while. So how do you get a kid's attention these days? Because they always say, well, you can't run them. They'll lose their legs. And, you know, some of them can't fight through it. So is this, if, if you can't run them, is it all about how much clock time they get? Yeah. Is that the best way you send, send a message? <laughs> um, you know, the, you know, I'm in a lucky spot uh, because if we got someone that, doesn't want to play hard or run what we're running, then I got, I got other kids on the bench that do that, that will run it what we want and will give me effort. So I'm in a lucky spot because um, we're deep and, and there's nothing like sitting on the bench and not getting playing time that will motivate you. Um, It's, it's true. And again, I realize I'm in a totally, uh, different spot than a lot of high school coaches. I, I, I know that, um, but, but that's how it is for me. So. Yeah. You, you, you are in a very unique situation for sure. All right. Um, for you, who have been some of the, I know you mentioned your dad and, and he was an impact on you from a coaching standpoint, 
who are some of the other coaches that you've come to appreciate? Maybe it's the, maybe it's college, maybe it's the NBA. I don't know. Uh, who are some people that you really try to appreciate and what they do and how they do it? You know, I really have to, uh, to thank Jill Pizzotti at St. Louis university. And she's now an assistant at DePaul. Um, and I know, you know, Jill, mm-hmm. she, you know, she gave me a chance. I was 22 years old and gave me a shot. Um, I mean, at, at the time it was a restricted earnings job and I was making a thousand dollars a month and I think I had to pay 200 bucks for parking. So, um, <laughs> but, but she gave me a shot and, um, and I learned a lot and, um, you know, those four or five years coaching, you know, at St. Louis university, uh, really taught me a lot. And, um, it's, it's really developed who I am as a coach. It's developed my thoughts on the college game, getting to college and a lot of my connections. It's, it's crazy of how many, um, coaches are still at it, even 22 years down the road. And, um, it's kind of funny to see there's a lot of people who we played against who are now head coaches. Um, so that makes me feel really old. Um, but it's kind of fun to have that connection. Um, but in all reality, there isn't one, you know, a particular coach that I try to just emulate. Um, but I, I do, I feel like I'm a constant learner. Um, I do love going to college coaches practices in um, and seeing, you know, what they're doing and talking to them afterwards. Um, so, um, I'm not sure if they're just one particular, uh, coach, but Jill has had a big, uh, impact on me. Good for you. Hey, before we get out of here, I I don't like to get into jinxing people, but you've been in this situation before where your team is really playing well and, and you're undefeated. You've seen this situation because every game from this point on could be a trap game because you're going to get the other team's best shot and anything can happen. Somebody gets in foul trouble. Somebody has a bad night, whatever. And all of a sudden you're scrambling. How do you and your coaches as well as your team, how do you prepare for these games? I mean, do you turn it up a notch, even though you know the opponent is one you shouldn't have a problem with? Yeah. Um, and we've been in that we've been in that situation a, a ton because, and I think that's what makes us feel better. And that's what I tell our kids all the time: we get everybody's best shot. So guess what? That in turn makes us better. Um, but I think a lot of the reason for our success is the consistency that we have. So we are going to prepare for. Uh, you know, the best team in America and the worst team in America, the exact same. We're going to watch film. We're going to go through our scout. Um, We're going to prepare the exact same way for every single game that we play. Because the minute that I don't, then our kids are like, well, Rolfus doesn't think they're any good, so we don't have to worry about them. Um, And then, and also in turn, once we get to the state finals, and that semifinals and final game, they've already went, you know, 30 scouts and they're used to it. And so one more scout is not difficult for them. And typically by the end of the season, you know, there's only so many ways people can play and baseline out of bounds and offenses. So pretty good chance that we've defended that or scouted that um, in the past. 
So, you know, our kids can reflect back. And, oh yeah. I remember, I remember defending this. I remember how we did this. Um, so I think our consistency on we, how we approach games is a big part of our success. Before we wrap up, um, you know, we talk about your coaching career, um, 10 state championships. You're the only guy in town that's coached two first round draft choices and an Olympian, not to mention a person who was on a national championship team in the FISA and also Felicia Chester, who I thought when I was watching you, I thought maybe was one of the most complete players I'd ever seen. Um, what's that feeling like? Because obviously those kids had talent. You were able to get it up to another level, unlike we've seen anywhere else. But what's it like, especially now when they've moved on, uh, they both are married and with careers and kids and the whole nine yards. Uh, what's that like for you at this point? Other than the fact that, again, you're old. <laughs> well, thanks for the reminder. Um, you know, you know, the best thing about, you know, if you talk about those two, the nicest, most genuine people yeah. you'll ever find. Um, they're, I mean, if they were not basketball players, I would still love them because of who they are, because they are awesome, awesome people. Um, but you know what? People like that, I don't have to motivate them. You know, if I've got to motivate you and all the time, you're not going to reach the success that they reached. Um, it's It was in them to be successful. Um, and it wasn't hard to motivate them. They wanted to play and they were going to give it everything they had, every practice, every game. Um, so it is, I feel like kind of like a proud dad to see them go on and do the things that they did and um, have the success that they had. Uh, and especially because I know the type of people they are and they deserve it because they're awesome. Well, you're awesome as well, man. You and your staff and all the kids you've coached and coaches that have worked with you, it, it's so good. And for full disclosure, my kids went to Incarnate Word and, and I follow them like they still go there. So to have a chance to visit with you today is a treat for me. And uh, we always, Sharon Gherkin, the president, always keeps me informed once you guys get to Columbia. I get my phone. I get the text <laughs> messages on, on the score virtually every other dribble. And I'm looking forward to getting those text messages again this year when you guys get back yeah, to let's Columbia hope. and win Yeah, thanks one. for having me on, Clebs. I appreciate it. All right, man. He's Dan Rolfus. I'm Mike Claiborne. We thank everybody for checking us out on ClavesOnline.com. But first... <laughs> You know, the only thing faster than this supersonic golf cart are the closing times at thehomeloanexpert.com. Mortgage rates on the twos, and we have a 21-day closing guarantee. Apply online today at thehomeloanexpert.com.